right now. The children are all here. Let's all come up to the front. Little children break up here at the front. So first two front rows. And we'll join together for our children's time. Now, we have a memory verse you guys worked on last two weeks. I think you all have it down. So it is in Acts, right? Acts and chapter, what is it? What is it? Acts chapter 16? Okay, you guys know it? You want to say it? Let's say it. Acts 1631. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Great job. Let's give them a round of applause. Great job, children. You did a wonderful job there. Okay, we're gonna have another verse in just a moment. I'm gonna show you for the next two weeks, okay, to work on. But once upon a time I heard about this boy, his name was Kevin. And Kevin was outside playing. His mom and dad were away. And so Kevin, he was outside there playing with a little football. And you know, like boys do, he was throwing that football. He put it back and he threw it. And you know what next thing he heard? Crash. The glass broke on the window on the porch. And the glass fell, fell all over the ground. Oh, he said, oh, what am I going to do? Mommy and daddy, if they find out that I did it, they're going to make me have to pay for it. So you know what he did? said, mm, I think I'm just going to not tell mommy and dad. Well, just at that time, his mom and dad pulled in the car in the driveway, and his dad saw a little sheepish grin on Kevin's face. He said, Kevin, what's going on? Well, you know what Kevin said? He said, Dad, he said, I was throwing the football, and I didn't know I could throw it that far, and I threw it straight through the window. His dad came up and put his hand on his arm and said, thank you, Kevin, thank you for telling the truth. Thank you for being honest. He said, you know, Kevin said, Dad, I was in Sunday school, and my teacher said that there are no white lies in God's sight. There's no white lies in God's sight. He said, my teacher told me about Ananias and Sapphira, how they lied against God and they died. He said, I didn't want to lie against God, so I want to tell you the truth. He said, I was thinking about lying, Daddy, but I decided to tell the truth. And you know, children, uh, keeping quiet, this is what his teacher said, is another way of life. Keeping quiet, not telling the truth. He thought about just being quiet. And so we're going to have a verse this week that you can work on. This one's a little bit bigger, but um, I think you guys can do it. Now, some of you, I know you can't read yet, but the rest of y'all can see it, okay? So it's 1 John 1 9. It's a big verse, but your parents are going to help you with it throughout the week, all right? And uh, so we're going to see. You can say it with me, all right? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. Let's all say it with the children, and we'll see if any of the parents will commit to memorizing it or adults in the room this week. Some of them already know this one, all right? Let's say it, everybody together. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. So make sure to tell the truth to your parents this week, all right? You sure did wonderful. You can go back to your seats. And they did a great job. And they're memorizing the word. Now, we want to see how many adults will say, you know what? I'll work on memorizing that verse with the children this week. Any adults in here? Okay. Couple of adults I see. Okay, that is wonderful. About four of you. And that is great. You're there, children. There's four adults who are going to memorize it with you. And so you're not alone. You don't have to do it all by yourself. 
and they're going to do a great job memorizing that verse with you as we work together to hide God's word in our hearts. This morning, if you'll join me in your Bible, and uh, this is a favorite time of the Word of God, getting in the Word of God, reading the Word of God together. If you'll join in your Bible with me, 1 Corinthians in chapter 7. 1 Corinthians in chapter 7. As we study the Word this morning and examine what God has to say, I believe the Word of God has great encouragement and help for us at every stage of life that we find ourselves in. The Apostle Paul was used mightily by God, and here in 1 Corinthians in chapter 7, we hear a little bit of his life and of his testimony and of the challenge he gave to these Corinthian believers. He said in 1 Corinthians 7, in verse, uh, verse 7, he said, For I would that all men were even as I myself. But every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. He said in verse 10, And unto the married I command, yet not I but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband, but... And if she depart, let her remain unmarried, or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. But the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And the woman which hath a husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the believing wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. Let's pray. Father, take your word and help us to be encouraged and challenged by it this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Being content in our lot in life is a challenge in, no matter where we find ourselves in life. And uh, being content where God has placed us. And I really felt challenged and encouraged by the Lord this week and prompted to speak on this subject. Uh, I believe if we're going to thrive in the new year, we must have a biblical viewpoint of singleness. And as I was praying and meditating on what the Lord wanted me to preach, He directed me in a whole new uh, direction. Uh, most of you know I am happily married to my beautiful bride. And uh, had these two wonderful girls, and uh, a surprise on the way. And uh, look, all this, though, has happened in the last five years of my life. See, prior to April 30th of 2016, I was just an engaged man. And before that, I was a single man, all right? And so I was not married for 28 years of my life. I spent 28 years of my life as a single young man. And I understand that being a single person, there are great challenges, there is uh, great uh, discouragement, and especially for those who are single and have children that they seek to raise on their own, that is a challenge uh, and a, a great responsibility, and my prayers uh, and I desire to seek to encourage each of you that deal with such a situation. Uh, being single, it was fun being single, but it was difficult, and one of the hardest things was learning to be content with my lot in life. Learning to be content with my lot in life. Now, somebody, a lot of you in the room 
are married, and a lot of you are dealing with singleness, okay? And as I've, as I've pastored this church over the last three and a half years, God has sent a lot of single people. There has been a majority, really, of single people in the church as we have ministered and served together. And uh, when I was in Bible college, I'll tell you, uh, Bible college is kind of a place where there's lots of singles. I do not remember hearing one message specifically uh, to us as singles encouraging us to be single and serve God. I heard a lot of messages challenging the young man to get up and find a wife in the room. And the preachers would even sometimes uh, say, you know what, there's an event coming up on such and such a day, and you need to go find somebody right now. And I mean, the whole couple thousand kids stand up, and they have to go find a date right then. Uh, talk about pressure. Uh, talk about awkwardness. And I remember those situations, and I remember the pressure. There was more pressure to get married. I remember my dad and I, uh, we went, and there was, uh, at Bob Jones University, they had a wonderful uh, performance they put on of, of Christ, and uh, just a beautiful uh, beautiful play they would do every year. And one year we went there, my dad made a comment to me on that campus, I think there were 4,000 students there at the time. He said, this is just a mating ground. And uh, he said, I don't want you to go here, this is a mating ground. And uh, he said, I don't want you to go to college. Uh, he said, it's all about that. And uh, there was a lot of truth to that. Uh, but when God had put a clear call in my life to be a pastor and a preacher, my dad was all behind me going to college. But he did challenge me to wait on God. He challenged me to wait until I had established a clear direction before I was to commit to a relationship. And I thank God for my father giving me that type of insight and discernment uh, in those things. But I tell you, being single is not fun. And uh, uh, being single, it's never necessarily fun going out to eat by yourself. There's a lot of pressures like that. Uh, there's, there's things that feel awkward about it. And Paul was a man who spent his life as a single man serving God. I believe, clearly, that single people in many ways have far greater potential than married people. And if you don't believe me, you need to read a few, Bible, a few biographies of people that were used by God. For example... Mary Slessor, she was born in 1848. She was a Scottish Presbyterian missionary to Nigeria. And she learned the language of numerous, lo numerous local languages there. She began teaching, and because of her understanding of the native language and her bold personality, she gained the trust and acceptance of the locals and was able to spread the gospel. She was able to help protect women. She was able to help protect the unborn children. There was a practice common practice of infanticide uh, of twins, where they would literally take, if there were twins that were born, they would put the twins in two clay pots until they died. By the way, there's very little difference between that and abortion. Mary spent her life, spent her life, trying to rescue children. Don't tell me that she is a single person who was not used by God. As a single person, she was used in a greater way than if she would have been married. There's a man named John Nelson Hyde. You would know him as Praying Hyde. Praying Hyde, his brother died while his brother was training for the ministry. So John surrendered to go in his brother's place. And he went to a part of India. And God burdened him for prayer. God burdened him to pray that he would see one soul saved each day. And that in the first year that he had prayed like that, he saw 400 people trust Jesus Christ because of his prayer life. Now, he died uh, early. He died with his heart off to one side of his chest because of his intense prayer. His heart had actually moved to the other side of his body. 
But don't tell me that man's life was wasted. That man's life was worth it. And as a single man, he served God, in many ways, in far greater ways than if he would have been married. Because he would have had to care for his wife. The story is told of Amy Carmichael. She went to India. She started an orphanage. By the way, if you've never heard of these people, you ought to look up Mary Celeste. You ought to read her biography. You ought to read John Hyde's biography, Praying Hyde. You ought to read Amy Carmichael's biography. She started an orphanage. She served 55 years in India without ever returning to her homeland, without ever leaving for a furlough. She was not coddled as our present generation. And no wonder she saw the power of God. She had a deep commitment to Christ. And as a single woman, she made a difference. So please don't view, if you are a single person today, don't view your singleness as a burden. I know a lot of unhappy married people. I know a lot of unhappy married people that are unhappy in a marriage because they never grew up and started acting like a responsible adult. By the way, whenever we have problems in our marriages, it's because we never grew up and started acting like a responsible adult. All right? Mature. That's, the big, that's a big root problem. Uh, maturity. I know several singles who are going to go great places and do great things for God if they'll continue to keep their heart right. Paul challenges the believers in this passage. And look in verse 8 once again as we return to the text and see what the scripture says. Paul spent his life as a single man. He said, I say therefore to the unmarried widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I. But if they cannot, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. Paul says, you know what? If you have to get married, get married. But you'll be more effective serving God as a single person, he said. I tell you, there was great pressure uh, for me as a single young man. Great, great pressure. I remember several opportunities. Brother John, I remember leaving Bible college. And I was, I was passionate about going to start a Spanish church and work with Spanish people. And I took interviews with multiple pastors, and they would not let me come. They said, you need to go find your way. They, they were just like, they were so pressured, and they were trying to set me up on a date. And you know what? That pressure was unholy and unhelpful uh, because they, it forced the will of, it forced their will upon me. They said, we will not hire you until you get a wife. And you know what? A lot of guys wound up getting a wife fast, and their marriage didn't last. Why? Because they had to rush it because they were forced into a relationship, really. My friend, God wants to use singleness, your singleness, as a tool rather than a trial. And many of you in the room are dealing with singleness in one way or another. You either are too young to be married yet, or, or you have dealt with singleness in some other area of life. Philippians 4.11 says, For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now, for those of you who are married in the room, there are a few of you that aren't. Be content in your marriage, okay? Be content in the marriage. Don't be looking for the grass on the other side of the pasture, all right? It always looks greener on the other side of the pasture. Thank God for where you are placed in life. Our society is so sinfully and sexually oriented that the singleness and purity are often viewed as unhealthy. Promiscuity is encouraged and promoted. If you do not believe that, just Google the outfit that was being worn on this way. Just Google the purple outfit. And just see what it represents. Promiscuity and sin is promoted. Marriage is viewed as some fairy tale experience. And the purposes and plans of God have not been consulted. There is great freedom and great opportunities in being single. So I challenge you, if you're single, enjoy it. Many people covet your lot in life. Paul said it's great to be single. He said, it is good for them if they abide even as I, Paul said. 
He enjoyed that freedom. You say, what's the great freedom of being single? Well, there's several freedoms. There's freedom in your schedule. Look at verse 33 of the passage. That this passage deals with the whole subject of marriage and the whole subject of divorce. There's a lot of things this passage covers. But if you look in verse, uh, uh, like back to verse 32 and then through verse 33. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to, let's say it together, the Lord. That he, how he may please, let's say it, the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things of the what? World. Hmm. How that he may please his wife. Paul says that the single person, if they are in love with Jesus Christ, is very clearly understood, this under be understood. If a single person is in love with Jesus Christ, they have a priority, a single-minded goal, to care for the things that belong to the Lord. Freedom in your schedule. As a single person, if you do not have any children, you have complete freedom. Nobody's forcing you to stay home. Nobody's forcing you to go here or there. Uh, nobody's asking you to go pick up something on your way. You've got freedom. Uh, you can decide. As the old cowboys who used to travel on the frontier, they would say, not, no holds. Nothing was holding them back. I understand that many singles today have children. And honestly, your schedules are more packed than some of us who are married. But as you try to navigate the responsibilities of nurturing children through dysfunctional and broken relationships, I pray God give you grace. There are several single adults that I know who have spent years of their life traveling overseas and helping missionaries, holding up the hands of missionaries. And I thank God for their sacrifice and service. I thank God for their investment in the kingdom of God. In my college years, there was so much pressure, so much pressure. And I thought during that time much on the subject of single and serving. I even considered writing a book on the subject, but since I'm not that great of a poet or an author, I decided not to write it. Uh, but I was thinking about that subject because I watched through so much pressure uh, to go and get involved. I said, you know what, this is the greatest time to travel on missions trips. I traveled on all my missions trips while I was single. All right? And all over the world while I was single. You know what? There was great freedom. There was great freedom in the schedule. Great freedom. I enjoyed, during that time of singleness, look, I enjoyed being married. All right? But I enjoyed, as a single person, interning at three churches. In Tennessee, two churches there, the church in Georgia. Um, and, and as we were interning and serving alongside those ministries, I had freedom at that, at that point in life, and it's something that that type of freedom you'll never get back. Singleness is not a bad thing. It's a gift of freedom. Enjoy it. And this summer, here in our church, we're going to have a summer intern. As you know, my wife has a baby due, and we have a baby due in just a few months. And we're going to have a summer intern who's going to help serve with us for 12 weeks during this summer. I'm very excited about that. We prayed about it, we thought about it, and we considered bringing a young man. But you know what God directed us? There's a young lady that we knew. She visited here two years ago. She's now at West Coast Baptist College training for the ministry. And you know, she's going to be a great help to my wife during this time period and during the summer. She's going to come here. She's going to help to be encouraged with the ministry. She's going to help with the piano ministry. She's going to help and serve in various different aspects in the church for 12 weeks. And we thank God for somebody who's willing as a single adult to give up their summer to serve in a church. And uh, quite honestly, we were shocked that she wanted to come because you know how many times I've asked somebody to come and you know how many times I've offered people different amounts to come and still not got people to come. And uh, then we asked her once, and she said, hey, well, I'm, uh, you weeks, let me pray about it. And she said she wanted to come. And you know what? I'm thankful for single people who are willing to serve God. And she's going to be a great encouragement 
We lay into the church, great encouragement, and I believe great encouragement to everyone. We're looking forward to this summer serving together. This summer. See, singleness is a blessing. Freedom in your schedule. Secondly, there's freedom in your finances. <laughs> freedom in your finances. And all the married men said, Amen. <laughs> or the men with kids said, Amen. Alright? And, uh, look, my wife is very, very frugal. To be frank, I, I spent $45 a week on groceries when I was a single adult. Now we spend about $25. So she can save money, alright? Uh, but uh, there are expenses that you have when you're married, alright? Freedom in your finances. Uh, verse 32 said, He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. How he may please the Lord. Look, you don't have to consult with your spouse. You don't have to provide for your spouse. Freedom in your finances. Freedom in your finances. There is great freedom as a single adult. And uh, after we got married, when I told my wife what I wanted to give and what I wanted to give to missions, it scared her, especially knowing her. It scared her to death. And when I asked her to increase it, it, it scared her. Why? Because she understands money. It scared her. But I remember I had made a commitment as a young man, and I was going to keep my commitment no matter whether my income went up or down. My friend, as a young adult, you have freedom. Freedom. I challenge you to enjoy that freedom, to use that freedom, and to serve God with that freedom. Marriage is a blessing, but it is a huge financial responsibility. Parenting is exciting, but it's a commitment to love, to train, and to provide. To love, to train, and to provide. And guys, you know, right? Those rings, don't, they don't give those things away, do they? Right? You go out and get a ring. I, I had a few relatives who got engaged with those little, they went to Kmart and bought $500 rings, you know, and exchanged them. And uh, they, got the, they got some little some little exchange. I had other relatives who they got married and they, they used uh, they got engaged with a little ring somebody had given them. And I don't know, as a, as a single guy, I just had this, you know, I, I didn't want to do it that way, okay? And uh, it was an investment. My wife still doesn't know how much it cost. And, uh, and I won't tell her. And all she knows is that it was expensive. And, uh, and she knows she's not supposed to lose it. When she did, <laughs> when she did lose it. I, I remind her occasionally when she tries to say, you know what, she's like, she'll say, I, I lost it. I'll say, here, you can buy another car if you can find that thing, all right? Um, <laughs> do not lose it, all right? Uh, the ring alone, all right, guys, you know. Uh, and look, a traditional wedding, I thank God for a father-in-law right here. This is where I thank God for a father-in-law, all right? Traditional wedding, you know, is not cheap. And uh, my father-in-law covered the cost of that. And a uh, very generous man, very generous family. Covering the cost of that wedding, a traditional wedding costs thousands, as you know. A child, a child, the freedom of your finances. See, as a single adult, if you do not have children, thank God for that. Um, I, I look back, and I, t I told the guys that I disciple, I tell them, I said, guys, I look back in my single years at the thousands of dollars I wasted, you know? And I think, if I would have just not wasted that, you say, what did you waste it on? Look, just little things I didn't need to waste it on, you know, like fixing the vehicle, doing this and that, doing this improvement. But no, I remember when I thought it was the coolest thing to put a cool, cool exhaust on my diesel truck, all right? Had to put this big exhaust on there. You know what? It was foolishness. And I remember to this day how much it cost, all right? And I remember how stupid I was as a single young man, trying to impress people. As Dave Ramsey says, driving a car to impress people, you're only going to see your traffic lights. And I remember how much that thing cost, and the number rings in my head still, and I go, why did you waste that money 
on the exotic? Why did you waste the money on a computer chip for the thing? You know, why did you do all this foolishness? Because I was a saying good adult, and I thought it was cool. Um, freedom in my finances. You go, I can only get that back, right? I can only get that back. Good, you know. Those of you who have parents and have children, you know each child represents a lot of money. And freedom in your finances. Thank God if you're a single adult. Thank God for the freedom of your schedule, the freedom of your finances. Look, there's great joy in being married. It is great responsibility. Don't rush it. Don't rush life. You say then, what should I do as a single adult? Well, there are biblical responsibilities for single adults. And look, this applies to us as, as married people in the room too, so just listen on, right? Verse uh, 33, we read a few moments ago, let's read verse 34. There is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy, both in body and in spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her, what does he say? He says that the married woman has to make sure she pleases her husband. Now, now uh, aren't you glad God put that in the word right there, man? Right? And uh, by the way, uh, he said up above that the married man needs to care for the things, verse 33, that please his wife. So he's speaking that there's a need to please one another. Look, if you're not married, if you are single, there's a focus you ought to have. And in verse 33 and 34, the whole passage right there, 32 down, he's teaching us there's a focus as a single person on caring for the things of the Lord. It's your calling to care for the things of the Lord. Married women who are raising children get very little sleep and they're under a lot of stress. Single women should focus on serving God. Single young men should focus on serving God, encouraging those who serve God. Single men uh, should focus on uh, investing their life in the kingdom of God, working hard so that they can support the work of God. Both my wife and I enjoyed our single years. We enjoyed serving in local churches. We enjoyed helping our pastors, lifting up the hands that were weary. We enjoyed that. And look, we enjoy our lot in life now. We enjoy it. It is a great time in life. But you ought to focus as a single adult on serving God. Single people either become spiritual and learn to thrive in their singleness, or we can become self-centered and develop a sour spirit. Focus on serving God. He says that the single woman has a responsibility before God. Not a responsibility before anyone else. Before God. The unmarried woman careth for the things of, what does he say? The Lord. That's what Paul said. Paul said, as a believer who knows Jesus Christ, if I'm a single man or if I'm a single woman, I care about the things of the Lord. Period. The things of the Lord. So as a single adult, there's a focus on serving God. You say, does that mean if you're married, you're not supposed to focus on serving God? No. It just means you have another responsibility as well. You gotta keep your marriage strong. You gotta keep your priorities right. You gotta provide for your family, but not deprive your family. Focus on serving God. Biblical responsibilities of single adults. Secondly, Focus on inner holiness, he says. Verse 34. He speaks of this inner holiness. He says that, he, that she may be both holy, he says, holy both in body and in spirit. Think about that word right there. Holy in spirit. Isn't it a beautiful thing when there's holiness in spirit? 
And it is a disgusting thing when there's unholiness in the spirit. A Holy Spirit is a sweet spirit. A Holy Spirit, just as we saw a few moments, a few weeks ago, when we studied how Jesus said that he that believeth on me out of his belly shall flow, what did he say? Rivers of living water. And he spoke, this he spake of the what? Did y'all were listening a few weeks ago. Who was he talking about? The what? The Holy Spirit. Thank you. The Holy Spirit. And he was speaking of the Spirit. So a Christian who is in love with Jesus has a single young man, or is a single young lady, has a responsibility to focus on inner holiness, that she may be both holy, he says, in body and in spirit. Look at Matthew 19. Put your finger here, Jesus. Matthew 19. It's a responsibility. And look, there are many of you who God has given you this law in life right now. It just seems that over the years in ministry, and it's going to be more consistent, I think, as the days draw nigh, that there will be more and more single adults in the ministry. And there is a great opportunity as a single adult to serve God. Matthew 19 says in verse 11, And he said unto them, All men cannot receive this save, save they to whom it is given. For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb, and there were some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men. And there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. Jesus is saying there are clearly some men who their ability to have children was removed by men. There are some who were born that way. And there are some who chose to live that way, who choose to live as a single man. I think of Daniel. Think of Daniel, how he served God as a young man. His friends served God as single young men. Focusing on the inner holiness. That's the responsibility of God. Now, for those of us who are married in the room, do we have a responsibility to focus on the inner holiness? Yes or no? Amen. we got to work on the inner holiness too. But if you're single, you have a greater opportunity. You have more free time to do that. Uh, you have less of a responsibility. You say, well, in what way? Well, those of you who have children, those of you who have many children, you know exactly what we mean right here, right? Uh, what happens with the little kids? They need to be served from the moment they awake to the moment they go to sleep. They're a great joy, but they require 24-7 care. They cry about everything. They cry about everything. Like slippery shoes today. Down the ramp she goes, all right? And, uh, all right, here we go. Carry everything in. All right, down she goes, all right? And what do we do? Uh, I will help you. Just crawl. You know how to crawl? No, I'm too afraid. Um, okay, I mean, tears, all right? Lots of tears. They cry and need attention. And you know when they need attention? When I'm in the middle of studying, okay? I mean, look, I love my children. I enjoy my children. There's been a lot of times, and it happens all the time. I'll be in the middle of a deep thought. And I'm typing, and here I go. I'm in the middle of a prayer. <laughs> I need that. You know, like, okay. And so one of us goes in here to the child. And uh, they need to use the restroom while I'm out making visits. Now, that was a change, game changer right there, all right? You're out making a visit. Uh, hey, brother, hey, sister, good to see you today. Okay, all right. And so, uh, look, we enjoy this stage in life. And those of you who have have kids or friends, kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's fun. But look, it's a thousand times harder to find those quiet times during the day. It's a thousand times harder to find those quiet times during the day. 
Uh, most of my sermon preparation happens, and my deeper times with the Lord happen in the middle of the night. Uh, and even then, in the middle of the night, when I expect nothing will happen, something does. Uh, and uh, somebody suddenly awoke by a nightmare, uh, by a dream. Look, singleness is a gift. It's a joy. He says there's supposed to be a focus on serving the Lord. Enjoy and be content with our lot in life. Godliness with contentment is, what does he say? Great gain. Whether you're married or whether you're single today, I challenge you, take the time to give thanks to God for your lot in life and don't try to rush anything on. He says in verse uh, verse. 30, uh, 38, uh, 39, the wife, that is not, the wife that is bound by the law, as long as her husband liveth, but her husband be dead, while she is at liberty to be married to whom she will look only in the Lord. But if she is happier, if she so abide, after my judgment, and I think, also I have the Spirit of God. Paul was saying that someone, even after their spouse was to pass on, he gave them the challenge to stay single wife so they could serve God. You read the Bible of Dorcas, how she served God. Read the Bible of this man, the Apostle Paul, how he served God. Can you think of somebody else in the Bible? The one who died for our sins? Was he single or was he married? Jesus lived a life of singleness. My friend, I believe God uses single people to do great things for God. Enjoy it. That's where God's placed you. And if God's placed you in a marriage, this whole passage teaches on how to relate in the marriage. This whole passage teaches on how to deal. Teaches on how to deal in the marriage. This whole passage teaches on, teaches on how to live in holiness. You say, "What should I do, do if I'm going to set an example in my home?" You have an unbelieving spouse. What should you do? They should see that your commitment to Jesus Christ is far greater than your commitment to anything else. They should see that your commitment to Jesus Christ is far greater than anything else. Don't make excuses to not be in the things of God. As a Christian, we have a responsibility to put God first. And we often wonder, we say, what could I do to get my spouse to love Jesus? Just let them see that you love Jesus more than anything else, my friend. Let them see that Jesus is the number one focus in your life, and they will be drawn to your Savior. They'll want to find out about the hope that dwells within you. And I pray for each of you in the room, each of us, that we will be content where we are at in life. God has blessed us. God has given us great uh, privileges in life. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therefore, to be content. May we be content serving Jesus. May we be content moving forward in the work of God. And I challenge you, thank God for the freedoms that you have. And look, thank God for the lack of freedoms that you have if, you, if you're in a different stage in life, all right? Thank God for wherever you're at. Thank God for the responsibilities He has placed in our life. Because we have to learn to enjoy the place God has put us. Otherwise, we will not be able to thrive in this new year. Being content with my lot in life. Let's join together in prayer this morning and ask the Lord to help us with this. Bow your heads for prayer. Take a moment toward the Lord right now, right in your seat. I want to encourage you to take a moment to meet with God. Maybe this, this morning the Lord's just challenged you as a single adult to say, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy this lot in life. There's great freedom God's given me. Let's not rush it. And the greatest thing somebody told me was, Daniel, you will not be able to be happy in life. You will not be able to be happy in future marriage until you decide to be content with being single. 
That was some of the greatest wisdom I ever heard, to be content. Look, you're not going to be able to be happy in your marriage unless you learn to be content in your marriage. May God help us wherever we find ourselves in life. Be content with the children. Be content with whatever God has given you. Be content with the job God has given you. Be content. Godliness with content is this great thing. May the Lord help us with this this morning. Father, help us right now to draw near to you. Help us to recommit our heart to you. And whether we be single, whether we be uh, married, whether we be separated, whatever we're dealing with, help every person in the room say, you know what, I'm going to put Jesus first in my life. I'm going to put the things of God first. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto me. I'm not going to worry about changing my lot in life, changing my status in life, moving locations or whatever in order to try to fix things. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. The heads bowed, your eyes closed. The piano's going to play in just a moment. But if you, with me, would just agree with God, and maybe you're here in the room and you're just going to say whatever your lot in life, you want to agree with me and just say, you know what, Pastor, by the grace of God, I want to say, I want to trust God and be content in my stage in life. I'm going to be content. I'm going to choose to be content where God has placed me. If you will make that decision with me today, would you quietly just slip your hand right up and right back down? I will be content in my state in life. Amen. God bless each of you. As the piano begins to play, I should encourage you right in your seat to take time to pray and ask the Lord to help you and encourage your heart today.